Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Hey everybody, Steve Simonson here, and I want to just uh, welcome you to the Awesomers.com podcast series, and in particular, this is episode number 109. That's right, 109 episodes, and all you have to do is go over to Awesomers.com slash 109 to see today's show notes, details, etc. Now, today is another story time with Steve episode, where I'm going to just take you through a little bit of uh, a story or an anecdote for my life, and and hope to draw out a couple lessons for you uh, along the way. Now, this is airing about the same time as this day happened way back when. And uh, the title of an article I wrote a couple years back to, to recount this day was my first million dollar day attempt. Now, this was, this was a time where I was engineering an outcome with the, the team and the, the folks that were involved with the company, uh, which I've exited long ago. But we were trying to build towards a million-dollar day. And so I'm going to read you parts of the article, and then I'll ad-lib as we go. So I, I lead in with, history can be fun. Uh, a number of years ago, well, boy, how articulate am I? Let's try it again. A number of years ago, I founded and operated an e-commerce enterprise that did reasonably well. We found a moderate level of success after several years of toil and cons- constantly following a fail-fast philosophy. Now, again, that's one of my axioms, and I talk about this regularly, that we want to just fail as quick as we can and learn what's working and what's not and get better, make tweaks as we go. Uh, Failure is not a stopping point. It's a point of uh, pivot, a point of tweak, or a point of evaluation where we go, yeah, it's working, or no, not so good. Let's let's make it better. Uh, Anyway, uh, back to the story. A day that I remember vividly was the first time we set a goal to break a million dollars of sales in a single day. Now, I share this uh, contextually to remind the readers about the power of scale and systems and that you are in the right place in, at the exact right time if you're thinking about e-commerce as your, your primary business model. And even though this was a, a, you know, some years back, this still applies today uh, across any range of businesses in the e-commerce space. E-commerce is still an extraordinary uh, growth opportunity. So. Uh, We'll flash back to a few years ago. Uh, The team and I had achieved between three to four million dollars of sales uh, per month, by the way, for the preceding nine to 10 months. And we had seen some sales spikes that were in the five to six hundred thousand dollar range of revenue on a single day basis. And typically it was when a uh, 
uh, promotion was ending. And part of the, the challenge uh, when you get into promotions online is you get into what we call the promotional treadmill, right? You start on a Monday, it ends on a Friday, and there's, there's kind of always a spike. Uh, Monday's uh, you know, a good day, and Friday's a good day. The weekend's not as good, but they, they tick along. And, and then you're just on that treadmill. You have to just keep running. What's the next promotion? You look at the promotional calendar, and you figure it out. So it it's, takes a lot of work to do that. But regardless of the amount of work, and there's a, a reasonable-sized team, which I'll talk about, there was a pretty good revenue production that was happening on a consistent basis. And again, I would go home on a Friday and just watch as the countdown would you know, roll to an end on that Friday afternoon. And by the way, we would end them on Fridays because Friday was typically one of our slowest days before we started running promotions. And and you know, you'd see the thing pass 400,000, 500,000, 600,000, and it probably came very close to 700,000 a couple days. And so as I started the year, uh, I had dreamed, and I even then promised at the company uh, all-hands meeting at the beginning of the year that we would have a million-dollar sales day that year, right? I kind of dropped the gauntlet and said, hey, guess what? If you were keeping score at home, this is the year we're going to do a million dollars of sales in one single day. And, and just, to, just to come back uh, for a minute, you know, when I first started that particular business uh, with a lot of talented people, and, and believe me, uh, I think one of the lessons that you'll see in the story is that you know, the people are the magic behind the scenes. Uh, certainly, I don't take credit for it. They, they delivered the magic. But when we started it, there was a, a point where we're like, can we get to a million dollars in a year? Is that possible? And, and we luckily enough, we're able to do that, you know, right off the bat, pretty much our first year. And then we're like, you know, as the business was growing, and we faced some adversity, like the dot com meltdown and the, the, uh, you know, 911 and so forth. Uh, you know, we, we started building the business, but we definitely faced some headwinds along the way. And as you get farther and farther into the company, we were wondering, hey, can we get to a million dollars in a month? Is that is that possible? And you know, at, at one point, it did not seem possible, but we got there. And, uh, you know, we can talk about more about how we did that uh, another time. But fundamentally, the next logical question for a, uh, a guy like me, anyway, whether it's right or wrong, or whether I have a defect in my brain or not, but it's like, hey, you know, it'd be a fun idea. I wonder if we could hit a million dollars in a day. So as the CEO and as the the fearless leader, I'm like, hey, we're charging the hill. It's a million dollar day. Let's take it. Uh, let's go. And everybody in January is like, yeah, this will be great. And they're cheering along and they're, they're excited too. But the reality was, I forgot about it kind of. Um, I, I didn't really set the gauntlet down in a, a significant way. And maybe I just assumed it would happen in an organic way, but it didn't. So I'm going to jump back into the story now. The clock is ticking. In late October, we had not yet passed the $700,000 mark in a single day, and it seemed like the year was slipping away. This particular product is not holiday friendly, so after Thanksgiving, the business goes into the dead time. Literally, there's nothing going to happen after Thanksgiving, whereas many businesses, that becomes the peak, Black Friday and Cyber Monday and so on. But this particular type of business, the clock was ticking and time was running out. So I gathered my team, and this was probably sometime in September, after looking at the calendar, and I proclaimed that November 17th would be our first million-dollar day. And I asked the troops, uh, each of the, the leaders, and I probably had six or 
six to nine direct leaders that, that were in that room. And a couple reported to me. I generally, I like to only have one or two reports and then uh, that team will have, you know, several people report to them. But at that time, we probably had, you know, a couple hundred, uh, two to 300 employees. I don't know the exact count. So my leadership team would then go talk to the management team and the management team would talk to, to all the folks with throughout the company to make sure we, we rallied those troops. Now, uh, I drew a line in the sand and I said, it's happening one way or the other. So we drew up promotional ideas and set things in motion. And again, the, the marching orders were, you know, it's happening this day, you know, whatever you got to do with your teams, make it happen. Um, over the course of the next two weeks, the entire company started really preparing ourselves for this big goal. Uh, the, the article goes on to say, uh, you don't believe in Santa Claus? I do. So I could sense there was an undercurrent of uncertainty. Um, or to put it more plainly, there were some folks within the company who just simply didn't believe that we would achieve our goal. And they wouldn't say it outright. They, they didn't come and say, hey, uh, Steve, or hey, boss, or hey, Mr. Uh, Smarty Pants CEO, you're dumb, and this isn't going to work. Uh, there, there was just a sense of it. You could Sometimes you can sense these things. It's part of your... Uh, instincts, you know, when things feel weird or awkward, or you just know that there's there's something pulling back. That's why I call it an undercurrent of uncertainty. We're still some of my top executives were some of the people who didn't have full faith, and obviously this is an indictment of my leadership skills, which were clearly not honed well enough to motivate and inspire my direct team, the people closest to me. And if I can't inspire and motivate them, how in the world? can I expect them to pass that motivation and inspiration down through the organization of, again, not just dozens of people, hundreds of people uh, across a broad range of the country. We had offices uh, all over the U.S. Um, I don't remember how many states at the time, but probably 15 or 20 states with locations all over. And it was a mostly driven by uh, e-commerce. Even the locations around the country, we call them IPUPs, Internet Pickup Points because I like to have fun acronyms. And, and they were really driving and, and working leads that came in online. So this is still an e-commerce driven business. Now, once I became aware of this uncertainty or the undercurrent of uncertainty, I knew I had to do something. I'm gonna tell you what I did right after this break. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, here we are back again, everybody. Steve Simpson on the awesomers.com podcast. And I, I was talking before the break about this idea that, you know, not only was there a general sense of um, 
you know, are we really going to hit this goal? But I could sense that my top executives, the guys who were closest to me and reported to me, or at least reported the people who reported to me, that they weren't necessarily having full faith. And so I decided to let everyone have his or her say and do it in a public way. This way, we're all accountable. So we all gathered around a large four by eight whiteboard. So four feet by eight feet. That's a very large whiteboard. Actually, pretty common size, but it's big enough, right? And I challenged each team member to write their sales prediction for that million-dollar day, uh, November 17th, on the board next to their name. So, you know, name and your projection. And we, of course, uh, because we're not animals, we went by the standard uh, showcase showdown rules that Bob Barker put in place many years ago. And for those that may be out of the loop on this common uh, rule that's inspired by the TV show Price is Right, it says this, the one who's closest to the right number without going over wins the prize. And as I say in the article, I don't even remember what the prize was, but it was something worth winning. And even if it was just the ability to say, I told you so, to be right. And so what I said to the team is, I have a sense, everyone, that there's uncertainty about our, our potential to hit the, the number of a million dollars. Maybe I've set a goal that you don't think is feasible, and it's okay. Uh, I'm not mad about it, um, but I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So I want everybody to write down their predictions on the board. and. And as they did, they wrote down, you know, their name and the, the amount. And the, as I recall, each person wrote their predictions on the board. And for me, my memory says that the, the predictions range from about $300,000, which is, you know, seems like below an average uh, sale end date um, for sure. But it was like a Wednesday. Uh, by the way, I think it was a Veterans Day. And uh, I'll come back to that maybe later on in, the, in our story here. So 300000 was probably about the low mark. And then I saw maybe one person from marketing in that million, $1.2 million uh, forecast for the single day. And of course, the, there were two kind of marketing guys, Brian and Theron, that were probably more closely tuned to this objective, closest to me. And I, from my memory, the median guess was around $700,000 for the day. So we have people from finance, from merchandising, from service, um, uh, you know, all the different departments, all writing their, their projections. Whether or not they were directly responsible for that number or not, everybody knows that you know, when you bring in a lot of uh, business, everybody's got to perform and execute with excellence to make it work. So the team's aggregated opinion was that we may indeed have a, a very nice superlative day that matched our prior all-time record, but we were not, I repeat, not going to hit a million dollars that day. And ouch, that hurt. Uh, I was perplexed, admittedly, uh, but I pressed forward insisting that all measures be taken to prepare for this event. Now, I have to tell you that it was discouraging for me as the leader to, to throw down the gauntlet and then to have the team, the team of the people who are most in control of that, essentially vote with their, their um, amount on the board whether or not that we could hit that goal as a company. And I was, but I can't show that I'm discouraged necessarily because that doesn't help anybody, right? Uh, if, 
if you have a team of people, especially when there's hundreds of people in an organization, and somebody goes, uh, hey, the CEO's an idiot. And then the CEO goes, yeah, I am an idiot. And then you walk around with your head down like Charlie Brown. That's not going to inspire anybody. So you just have to kind of pick yourself up and, and keep charging on. And this, you know, there's many axioms that come out of the lessons within this story. So now I'm, I'm going to do a flashback inside of another flashback just to add a little more context. So we're going to leave the million-dollar day attempt story where basically my team has has informed me we're not going to hit the goal. doesn't matter what I say. They'll still press forward and they'll still go through the motions, but it ain't happening, boss. So again, <laughs> I'm a heck of a leader. Me and Patton, we really inspire the troops, don't we? So anyway, but to give more context, we're going to jump back in time. So uh, it's important to know when the first days of this business began, several years earlier, we ran a promotion and over the course of two weeks, we sold around $15,000 worth of orders. Now, I remember it was about 15 days or two weeks because on February 14th, Valentine's Day, we were so overwhelmed by the orders that we had, we literally took our phone number off the website and we stopped taking orders. Uh, the chaos caused by our $15,000 in sales over that two-week period was more than our system and our people could handle. We broke everything. It was a nightmare, but so exciting because I knew we could do more. This was the quintessential.com story, right? Where even though $15,000 doesn't sound like a lot of money, it was like those old you know, pets.com commercials where they go live and the internet goes live. And you may have seen this on the Super Bowl way back in the olden days. And an order comes in, everybody's kind of high five and another order comes in. And then the thing just starts running off, you know, like a uh, like you're you're just uh, burning electricity a, a million gigawatts a minute. It just was happening, you know, so fast. Now ours didn't have quite that magnitude, but frankly, our suppliers were out of stock. We couldn't keep track of the orders we had. Shippers were losing stuff. Uh, I remember a uh, somebody in the the I think it was in the New Jersey Attorney General's office, either the Attorney General themselves or deputy somebody, but a pallet of product that we shipped to them was just lost. The shipper's like, yeah, we don't know where it is. And we're like, well, what do we do? They're like, I don't know, file a claim. <laughs> you know, we literally had no idea what we were doing. So the, we tell the, the attorney general, hey, they don't know where it is, but we're going to file a, a tracer and a claim. And you know, if it doesn't show up, then we'll, we'll ship you some new stuff. They're like, no, not good enough. I want my new stuff immediately. So we next day aired a pallet of product to them. The shipping was twice as much that we paid as the product cost itself, right? So we lost money hand over fist there. And by the way, I don't think we ever got our claim back from the shipper who lost the stuff. So the whole thing was a bloody nightmare. We melted down the entire operation. But it, it was exciting at the same time because the potential, I knew we were onto something, right? So that was $15,000 over the course of two weeks that brought us to our knees. So as we now we're trying to prepare for a million dollar day in a single day, you know, the questions of did we have the systems put in place? Do we have the people in place to cope with this kind of volume? And at the end of the day, the final judge would be our performance. Um, you know, how did the systems do well and did the people do well? Now, even if we did everything right in our sales systems, and just as importantly, if our fulfillment systems failed, we would have a major problem on our hands, right? You can sell as much as you want, but if you can't execute on it, you've just 
created a problem. So the story goes on, fight or flight. In fact, I think now is a good time to take a break before we get into fight or flight and the conclusion of this exciting episode of Steve's Storytime, where I talk about my first million dollar sales attempt. So let's take that break right now. Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. Hey, giddy up. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, uh, as I mentioned before we went to break, we're now into the fight or flight uh, concept. And being the uh, amazing leader that I am, I did the most logical thing possible. I went on vacation. Now, technically, I had already scheduled a trip to Mexico with my family before setting the million-dollar day, but I had done what good leaders do, I forgot. So several days prior to the promotion, I left the country and... With that choice, I gave up the illusion that I have any control uh, about the, you know, controlling the outcome. I have zero control. I'm, it's really in the hands of my leadership team and all the talented people in the organization. And although I set the gauntlet and set things in motion and even tried to drive the initiative, the question really remained, what would happen? And it was quite up in the air, I can say. <laughs> By the way, I even considered... Um, pushing off my vacation. I had a little uh, vacation to Mexico with the family, uh, and that did not go well at home. And uh, so the fight or flight, uh, it actually took both things into consideration. I had a fight about taking a flight, and I ended up in Mexico anyway. So finally, the day arrived. I was on a beach. Uh, literally, I have a picture uh, that my ex-wife took. I'm sitting next to kind of a, a little cabana right on the beach, and I've got my BlackBerry with me, so you can kind of do the time zone, how long ago that was. And I was checking sales statistics first thing in the morning, and I have to say, it was interesting. By early morning in the central time zone, we had already booked around $200,000 in sales. And if I looked at the remaining day parts, you know, you kind of look at a day and you're like, yeah, morning, you know, midday, afternoon, evening, that's four parts, you know, we got a real shot. And it did seem feasible that we could potentially hit the million dollars. And by noon, we had passed a half a million dollars in sales. By 5 p.m., we passed a million dollars in sales. And by the end of the day, we had racked up over $1.7 million in a single day. And I can tell you what a rush it was. That sales record was far above any figure that the team had dared to write on the board, including myself, by the way. I think I probably wrote like a million dollars on there. It showed us all that we could do more than we thought was possible if we worked together to make it happen. That is to say that if everyone works hard, except me, obviously, because I was on vacation, uh, that we, we can accomplish our goals. And perhaps a sub-moral of the story is I should go on vacation more often. <laughs> Best of all, those actually working during that day reported that the pace felt busy, but not chaotic. The systems handled the surge, and the people managed the systems. Everything worked as we expected it to. So this is a, a big stark contrast to that, that you know, Valentine's Day some years earlier, where we completely melted down over a paltry $15,000 worth of sales. 
just just compare. You know, I, I don't know. Is it? It's more than a hundred times. So fifteen thousand, a hundred times bigger, and our systems were able to clip along. And by the way, the system was called parsimony. And uh, my partner Michael Pikowski and I are working on kind of bringing that level of system back to uh, everyday e-commerce entrepreneurs. You could check that out at parsimony.com. Our parsimony system, which in some ways we call doing more with less, is what people were actually able to harness to be able to cope with the influx of business, yet maintain order, right? And uh, one of the guys always like to say, you know, we, we need to bring order from chaos. And that really is the goal of any business. So on the, the eve of our uh, next major promotion, when I ask uh, the people to write their predictions on the whiteboard, you know, before the median prediction was like 700,000 and kind of a pessimistic 700,000. And the next uh, time we wrote down on the board, uh, the median prediction was closer to $2 million, by the way. The team now shared the vision that any goal was in fact possible. And my, my summation to this is that you can do it too. I share this story today because new entrepreneurs have a unique advantage. You already have the resources of nearly infinite scalability working for you. That's the Amazon FBA or other third-party logistics channels. And not to mention the Amazon web sales channel, eBay, Walmart, whatever. You're not going to break those systems. So you've got this scalability right at your fingertips. And by using proven e-commerce business models, you can chart a new path to success. You can achieve unbelievable heights using these world-class tools and systems, but it does require a commitment to follow a system, learn, get smarter, and repeat. Now, part of the moral to my story is even if those around you are not yet ready to believe in your vision, as long as you believe in it and as long as you prepare to achieve it, you can experience what would be otherwise unimaginable success. Now, my company at that time invested millions of dollars to scale to those levels, and you don't have to. In today's world of advanced technology, you have amazing resources that you don't have to invest you know, millions of dollars. You can just do dozens of dollars, right? Not millions, dozens. And uh, you know, there's so many ways that you can put your money to work, and I really do believe in the, the great Zig Ziglar uh, you know, mentality of paying it forward. So my, my New Year's resolution a couple years back uh, was to try and live up to Zig Ziglar's famous quote this year, more than any year in the past, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And I, I hope to continue to declare my resolution towards this and, and hopefully find my resolution being successful. Ultimately, it's only up to the folks listening and the folks that I've tried to make an impact on to determine if I was successful or not. And, you know, if they tell me about it, then I feel great. And if I hear nothing from nobody, I assume uh, these words were unheard. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that they can do this themselves. The world definitely needs more entrepreneurs. And uh, just a little shout out to the Empower E-Commerce Cooperative. Too often people try to go into this thing alone. And the feelings of isolation you can get as an entrepreneur can be uh, very very painful. So even in that company where I had hundreds of employees, I was all alone at the top. Even my top key executives, when they didn't believe, I can't go complain about that to them. I needed people around me who understood. 
And that's why the Empower E-Commerce Cooperative exists. It's a community. It's a, a series of systems that help you uh, put your business together, including you know vendors and and various uh, service related resources. It's just a it's just a hack to help you move the move the ball forward. So I really do love entrepreneurs, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. Don't forget, this has been episode number one hundred nine of the Awesomers.com podcast, and you just need to go to awesomers.com slash one hundred nine. And you can get uh, show notes and details and things like that. I appreciate everybody listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And heck, if you want to make my day, go leave a review. That would uh, be pretty awesome. Thanks very much. Empowering. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do. Because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers Podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Osmers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again. Awesomers.com.